God demanding payment for the sin because he's right, the one who's exactly. holy. He's mm-hmm. the one that is pure, that cannot be with impure, with sin. So he's the one that requires it for us to be with him. Therefore, he's the one requiring the payment. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Pondercast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello and welcome back to the Pondercast. My name is Perry Siddons and I'm joined by Drew Petker. How are you, Drew? I am very good, Perry. I am very good indeed. You have a lot of life change happening. Can we, are you, are we, is that, is that okay? I brought it up. Um, yeah, just a lot of things going on. A lot of family <laughs> things going on. Yeah. Things are happening. Things are changing, but it's good. It's all part of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you know, you know what we're talking about. If not, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Keep keep the people wanting more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, <laughs> things are good. Things are good here, Perry. Good. Yeah, summer's coming to a close. Oh, don't. Oh. It's getting cooler out. Oh, I do like that part of it. Yeah, I, I'm more a winter guy personally. But <laughs> anyways, enough banter to begin. Let's get into this. Well, I was just going to ask if you've uh, listened oh. to the latest ponder chat oh the one with scott hahn mm-hmm. every time i say his last name i think of han solo isn't that funny <laughs> mm. <laughs> i mean just saying no yeah it's really good yeah if you haven't listened to that one go give it a listen mm-hmm. that, that guy every i think we've talked about this for the last like four episodes but that guy is so he's such a down-to-earth guy you know yeah very charitable you know what you just you want to sit by a fire and have it crackling, have your cup of tea or whatever, and just have a good conversation with them. <laughs> so if you missed it, go check out the last Ponder chat where mm-hmm. Perry and um, Scott, it's Scott, right? Yep. No, I'm just blanking, yeah. Where Perry and Scott have a really good conversation about Catholicism, Presbyterianism, how he, his story. Go check it out. Learn some stuff mm-hmm. about Catholicism you have not thought of. Here's uh, one line that I thought was interesting from the episode he said for him to fulfill his evangelical identity he had to become a catholic that's what he felt like when he when he uh said i have to do this when i was editing i thought wow (laughs) that is one heck of a statement to say that uh, as an evangelical i feel like to fulfill my identity as an evangelical i have to become a catholic that's uh wow quite interesting so uh conviction you know, no kidding. That point, yeah. eh? like, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Okay. So right, should uh, we keep on this uh, this atonement theories train? Absolutely, we shall. Today we're talking about the ransom theory. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I've been researching, this interesting thing is maybe you'll disagree with me on this, Drew, but it seems like it's kind of a yeah, I disagree. It's a bit of substitutionary atonement and a bit of Christus Victor put together a little bit, but also some other, because I think there is, would you agree with me on that statement? I, it might, mm. it might make more, maybe I'll bring that up at the end, but. Uh, I, I don't think I disagree, but just cause I don't know what 
um, what that statement all encompasses. So you might have to hash okay, that out of there true. for me. I'm not going to disagree with you right off the bat. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. I feel like you might have something. Mark there. the calendar. <laughs> all right. So historical context for this theory, it's kind of, it's early. This is a very early church theory from about 18. I read from 18, or not 18, 180 to about two, 300 BC. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> AD. Um, AD, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not PC. Okay, Anyways, so what AD. do we mean by ransom theory? Ah, uh, ransom theory. So, in my opinion, there's two trains of thought with this ransom mm-hmm. theory. One, and it, it entirely encompasses who the ransom is being paid to. Mm-hmm. That's basically where this theory breaks down. One theory, line of thought is the ransom is being paid to Satan or the devil or evil darkness whatever you want to call it whether it be a personal per like a, a being or just the power uh but one is basically that's what the ransom is for the other is the ransom is for god mm-hmm. that that god is requiring this ransom to be paid and one i think has a lot more weight to it than the other one i think we can kind of almost dismiss Flippantly, but we can still talk about it just because I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, for, exactly. For a little bit. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the the first uh, definition, the first view of that that human beings are in the control of Satan and he demands a ransom, and God offers Jesus as the ransom, mm-hmm. and the devil accepts it. It's an, that's an interesting theory that is played out in narnia i think in the lion the witch and the wardrobe the last episode we talked about how christus victor is played out but actually i think the ransom theory is played out more in the lion the witch and the wardrobe because the the witch mm. demands edmund as payment for his offense and aslan says um i'll offer myself instead for your ransom i guess it had to do with black magic and all that but you know the allegory still stands that uh, the the witch demanded aslan as the ransom and aslan gave himself and yet in that defeated the uh the white or what, what was it the white witch and yeah, uh yeah. black magic so that's why i say there's there's so much of these theories that are kind of intertwining i think but yeah, that's a really good example. I didn't even think about. I just thought of Christus Victor, like he, mm, you know, the 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 willingness of him doing it rather than right. someone else crushing him. It was kind of like this trickery almost. And I think I want to I want to redeem that uh, C.S. Lewis's allegory uh, because I don't agree with the view. The, the ransom view that says the devil demanded a, a ransom, it's mm-hmm. uh, pretty hard to uh, to digest. But as you were saying, with the historical view, um, a lot of church fathers held on to it, held to this The view. ransom theory, that, that like God owes well, Satan. That, that the devil demanded a, a payment. Yeah. And so let's just kind of state the obvious here, the problems with that. I mean, the first being... Satan's more powerful than God demanding a ransom for humans to be reconciled to God. Hmm. That, that in my opinion, that kind of shouts in the face, the idea of Satan is demanding that God 
is doing something, which puts a lot of power on Satan. No kidding. Mean? It gives him, no kidding. Gives him this, it gives him him almost the omnipotence that I have these people until you do it for me. Whereas the flip side of ransom theory is where people are in bondage to Satan, right? Sin, bondage to sin, but God the Father sends the Son for the Father's benefit rather than to pay the ransom for Satan. And that's the difference. Who the who's the ransom being paid for? And so the problem yeah. with being paid to the devil is that you're giving the devil way too much credit, way too much power in that scenario, right? He's he's demanding God does something. Yeah, he's like, able to you're force not, God's you're not, hand. Yeah. Yeah, you're not the boss here, right? Like you're not in control. But like you hmm. said, it's interesting that that's it's the early church fathers kind of held to this theory that Satan had a lot of pull kind of in in that whole scenario i think the uh, pushback to that would be that god tricked satan i think you you talked about that last time in that here's here's the exchange jesus for humanity right and yet jesus still <laughs> defeated satan so it, it isn't really you know even though there's this offering the it it's still it's almost like trickery and it's kind of a ooh i don't like i don't like thinking about god in those terms like yeah we're gonna pull trickery. we're gonna pull a fast one on somebody like it's kind of a so actually ransom theory in this and christus victor could go quite well together that's what we're saying well then that's what i mean there is some overlap i think but yeah. not in like christus victor says uh that Jesus defeated sin, death, and the devil. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, saying that these things needed to be defeated in order for God's kingdom to go forward. But that's not saying that God is satisfying the devil's demands. It's God right. is it's satisfying yeah. his demands. <laughs> right. So, so it's interesting. Ransom theory is almost the, t the, the difference between... Um, God meaning his own demands, meaning he needs to. Okay, so one set of ransom theories almost supporting Christus Victor, where the other set of ransom theories almost supporting penal substitutionary atonement. What I mean by that is, if you say the ransom was paid for God, it sounds like it was a penal substitutionary atonement. But if the ransom was paid for the devil, it sounds a lot more like Christus Victor. Well, and in my research, I've uh, discovered that. Christus Victor was the oldest view, like you said in the last episode, but it was this ransom theory view within the Christus Victor. Right. So yeah. there, we're, we're really having to recognize the terms here because at the same time, let's look at, let's Tricky look at what, language here. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, let's look at what the Bible says here, because that was a little cliff note about... for anyone for anyone who like you know tricky language that's what we say when we don't know what we're talking about. oh yeah we used to do that <laughs> that, was a show. that was a backtrack there i forgot that we used to do that <laughs> tricky language here anyways continue <laughs> that's that's too good continue. um like in mark 10 where it says the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many mm, yeah that's you know, the home the, run for this one. The question could be the ransom to who? And what yeah. is a ransom? Are we, you know, are, should we think about ransom in in terms that we are familiar with? Like 
here's the ransom note and here's the payment system. I think we can think about it in that way. Um, not necessarily in the crude, like, here's the list of demands. Well, kind of in a sense, I suppose. Um, but, I mean, that's what we're trying to get at here is, I think there, the Bible speaks about ransom and uh, we just yeah. have to understand who this ransom is being paid to. Or think about First uh, Corinthians 6, or pardon me, in First Corinthians, the same phrase is used twice. I love this phrase. I mean, is it, and the way that Paul uses it is beautiful. You were bought with a price. Um, so the question is, <laughs> who is demanding the price and who is accepting the payment right and i don't know if there is an explicit passage that kind of talks about that, like yeah. <laughs> that says names and dates names and places right like it doesn't but i wonder if the old testament shows us that be- because redemption ransom like we want to put i think well, we're going to put those two words together particularly in the old testament god well, was the one who redeemed yeah and he's the one that required a ransom mm-hmm. right like tabernacle temple offering like everything he's the one that required it was never i mean god didn't demand them because the devil requires you do this you should yeah. do this to to cleanse yeah. yourself from your exact sins and iniquity it was always i require this so yeah looking back to the old testament kind of i think that's kind of the biggest um case against ransom theory in that oh the devil requires something Oh, I uh, see. God's still better than the devil. Sorry, I didn't. I kind of like a weird pause there, but I think it's the biggest one against it as far as the devil requires. Something. I think we should give these two. You know, we're talking about ransom theory, but we have two, two different camps. Two, two, yeah, di- two different camps, and we should almost. <laughs> well, I think we are di- differentiating them. Well, like ransom one is to the devil theory, ransom, ransom to, to God. Yeah, <laughs> right, and and so I think the one ransom to the devil we talked about. It's kind of. You know, the devil's getting way too much power here. You know, mm. it's way too much. He's omnipotent. And God's kind of has to kind of do this thing. He doesn't really want to do, but the devil's requiring it. And that's just messed. That's, that's not scriptural, right? There's no real evidence. Yeah. For that scripture that. Exactly. And so I think we can kind of toss that one out. I think as far as a valid mm. theory for Christians to hold to, do you, do you agree? Like, I don't see any way you can kind of tie that and make that work. Despite, yeah, I guess, it's, it's, um, unless you use Christus Victor, where God tricks him into, okay, I'll do this. And it's, well, then there's a lot of hmm. fudging there. It doesn't really work out, I don't think. So yeah. I think we can toss that one out. Unless there's something else. Here's my yeah. question that I had in my notes. Something to think about is Paul talks a lot about being set free from slavery. Slavery to what? Slavery to sin. Mm-hmm. So do we think about, you know, is this what sin, uh, like Romans 6 says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Our Lord. And, okay, this is what I'm trying to think about is, do we think about sin? Hmm. No, maybe I answered this question already. I'm just thinking, is sin separated from the devil? But my question is actually already answered because it's not sin that's demanding payment. It's, you know, like we're trapped in sin, but it's not sin. That's so my question doesn't it's even go, matter. It's God <laughs> demanding. No, it's good. No, let's, let's hash this out. It's God demanding payment for the sin. Yeah, exactly. Because he's right, the one who's exactly. holy. He's mm-hmm. the one that is pure. That cannot be 
with impure, with sin. So he's the one that requires it for us to be with him. Therefore, he's the one requiring the payment. Yeah. And I think this is this is what I mean by substitutionary atonement and Christus Victor, I think, are being overlapped here because God is demanding that payment. Like that, that's actually language that I think we use in substitutionary atonement where we say God is demanding something from us. We yeah. can't give it, but Jesus comes and does it in our place to pay that ransom, you know, like, right. So it's, and, and, de- and defeats and, you, and defeats the devil. <laughs> you said this at the very first episode that you can't, I can't remember the exact word you used, but you said you, you can't just pick one because in that statement that you just said, you talked about penal substitutionary atonement, Christus Victor and ransom theory all in that statement. And I agree with it. And so I think like you, like you can't just pick one and stick with it, but I think, to have a robust view of the atonement, I think you need to kind of take all of them and figure out what you, not what you, but what the Bible, what the scripture tells you about them and find out because you can't just dismiss texts that don't agree with what you think just because of your pride. You need to still take everything into account, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like so the, I, I like I, that I, statement. You encapsulated three atonement theories <laughs> in one statement. That's good. Well, watch me do it again next week. <laughs> yeah, four next week, then five. Yeah, <laughs> when we talk about uh, moral, moral exemplar, example, moral influence. Yeah, I like exemplar. It just sounds yeah. more <laughs> yeah. robuster. Exactly. It sounds more full, you know, uh, the example. But so, um, I was reading. Uh, I was reading about Gregory of Nazianzus, uh, church father, Eastern church father. Oh yeah, and I, saw, he, I think I saw something up here too. I'm just gonna pull mine up and see if it's the okay. same. Sorry, continue though. Continue well, he you... was really criticizing this view, like the ransom to the devil view. But he's also criticizing. He's saying, "How can payment be made to God, as well?" Uh, so he, he kind of rejects both of those ideas that that payment is uh, is being made. So, so he doesn't think there's I any think... ransom given to anyone. Yeah, I don't know. I guess making uh, um, like covering over sin, forgiving sins, not really making payment. But so, I mean, that's yeah. I have a hard time agreeing with that, too, because we see wages of sin is death. Like there needs to be payment uh, made for uh, sin. We look at Romans 5, uh, the wrath of God is being appeased propitiation. I think this is coming together. And uh, so anyways, uh, thought is I would bring a part of that is ransom a necessary part of that. Well, good question. So it think, seems to be because that's what um, Gregory Nicene. Is, is that right? I have a cool Nanziandis. Nanziandis. Oh, okay. Well, Gregory of Nanzianza. Anyways, I think that's what he's kind of hitting at. Like, is is ransom is a ransom necessary? No matter who it's to, is that even a necessary thing? Because mm. a ransom is basically something that you pay in order to get a result, right? It's a um a fee, almost you could say, right? Mm. It's a, and so I think. Like, do we do poorly to not use this theory at all? Is what I'm saying. 
can we just discard mm. this theory at all? Or is that something that we would do not justice then to the actual, to what the atonement was, what it accomplished? Like, what do where, you think? Well, where does it say? Somewhere it says, <laughs> I know oh, that's, yeah, that's not, a good, I know, I know that's, that's not a good, a good line, yeah. yeah, I know that he died and was raised for our justification. Maybe that's a creed. Um, I don't know, but um, I think it does lead into a discussion on justification, where justification is this imputed, like our sins are imputed uh, right. to Jesus, and our and His righteousness is imputed to us, where we are declared right because the demands of God have been have been satisfied. So right. I, I think four twenty five that also plays into i mean that's substitution as well yeah i think this is this is i don't know you can't get away from substitution when you talk about ransom because he is he is the substitute in our place making you know ransoming ransoming us back to god here's a good quote from fleming rutledge who wrote this uh excellent book on the crucifixion uh, she says, God is involved in our deliverance. That's redemption. When we talk about ransom, we're talking about redemption. I mean, look at the Exodus. God is redeeming his people. Okay, I'm trying to answer your, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm answering your question with this quote. Okay. God is delivered in, or pardon me, God is involved in our deliverance. He has not stood back and pulled levers. He has stepped into our situation himself personally. That is in large part what the hope, pardon me, this is in large part what the trope ransom means in the biblical literature. The principal idea is that of cost to God. Mm-hmm. So it's what cost, it costed God his son. Yeah, it's, it's God entering. Yeah. Which, into, so, I mean, that, there's that element of who is paying the price. It's yeah. God himself who's paying the price. So, so. I pulled up a definition while you were kind of saying that because I thought, let's get a proper definition. A sum of money or payment <laughs> demanded or paid for the release of prisoners. Right. And God sent his son, right? God paid the ransom, which was himself, to release the prisoners, which was us. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the part of the ransom theory that I can get along. I, I can... Mm-hmm. get on board with mm-hmm. the ransom theory i can't get on board was god sent his son to pay for what was the devil. owed to the devil yeah. <laughs> to free us from his grasp i don't agree exactly. with that but the first one i think i can agree with i don't see anything wrong with that i can't see a problem with that. i don't know if you can mm-hmm. make an argument against that theory. i don't know if anyone can i think that's actually a strong atonement theory which is crazy because initially i thought this atonement theory was just rubbish so when I first heard it, I thought it was yeah, strictly yeah. just the devil. And I think that's more right. the older, like the first mm. people who believed it thought it was owed to the devil, this ransom. But I think it's kind of changed over time. It's definitely it's, uh, more of a, more of an influence in the Eastern Orthodox church, which is why CS Lewis picks it up. Even though he was Anglican, he was definitely influenced by the Eastern Orthodox and and you, and you I mean, see that present in Narnia. Let's just be fair to C.S. Lewis here. That's a fictional book, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you we, could... I mean, we can't. I mean, you you can't take all the theology you want and be like, 
he no, believed this, but it's also right, fiction, exactly. right? So, right. Just wait, I don't want to bad talk the guy because it's like that's not really fair, right? It's well, like, and you could say that uh the wicked witch is representing the power like the the power of sin and sin is demanding payment you know uh, it doesn't be, yeah. you don't have to be you don't have to say that this is strict ransom to the devil theory you know right. because it's such right, a beautiful right. it's such a beautiful image of just, the of way to save c.s lewis's uh reputation there good job yeah to our many listeners <laughs> yeah can't we appreciate yeah yeah we do not have the rights for mentioning that just so everyone knows yeah we'll so. beep those out <laughs> yeah but think about i wonder if we could think about like with the exodus you know we're thinking about that fleming rutledge quote where she says god is involved in deliverance where he is very much involved in the deliverance like he leads them through the water and my point is He's redeeming them out of Egypt. He's making them his own. Well, they already are his own, but he's bringing them out. You know, that's that's redemption. That's ransom, ransoming them from slavery. But there's no payment demanded by by uh, by Pharaoh. You know, it's God showing who he is and def- and actually bringing a bit of defeat to the Egyptians by killing their their firstborn. Uh, right. You know, there, there's that aspect there. Like we can see substitution there with the lamb, but we also see this. I think we see this this ransom motif present there, where God is not actually saying, "What do you want?" He's like, yeah. "Nope, I'm in control here. So you do what I say." And mm-hmm. then he brings them out and he defeats them. Like that's. I mean, you see all sorts of themes coming through in the, and that's why the Exodus is a major motif throughout the old Testament and into the, into the new, because it yeah. encapsulates God's plan uh, so, for the world. So you, you said ransom, ransom, redemption, you're kind of using those words interchangeably in your, that little statement there. So would you say the, the idea of a ransom is necessary for the redemption of humans in order to be redeemed to God? Mm. Yes. Right. Because redemption, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm asking you a question. I'm realizing it's kind of rhetorical because I think I have the answer in my head. Mm. But anyways, I'm just going to keep going here. <laughs> because a ransom is necessary for redemption because either we pay the ransom or Christ pays the ransom. A ransom has to be paid. Right. Right. And, and, that, it, ha- and it has to be God himself who pays it. Yeah, we're not Because we sufficient. can't satisfy it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so here I am thinking, oh, this theory is nothing, but it's actually pinnacle to any atonement we have. Any yeah. idea of redemption that we have needs mm. to have a ransom. It's just a matter of it's not to the devil, it's to God. So that, mm-hmm. that, it's actually really beautiful, really profound mm. that this theory, so small, so seemingly out there, you know, because everyone always talks about Christus, Victor, penal substitutionary atonement. Those are kind of the two big hitters. The ransom theories essential to right. the atonement to what what was accomplished on the cross right. ransom was paid for the sins of mm-hmm. those who were chosen as it says where does it say that mm. i like i like that phrase because it gives a good uh mm. calvinistic punch to <laughs> speaking uh, of that say? we'll have to do uh, an episode on limited atonement in the next oh. few weeks great that sounds like a good time 
Oh yeah, here we go. Romans or Mark five or ten forty five. For even right. the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Does not say for all. So, jeez, drop the mic. Sorry about that. But, but for many. So I don't know what we do with that, Armenians. But let's stick it to the Calvinists. Yeah, Daniel seven, Son of Man. If if you have yeah. If you haven't listened to our episode on um, predestination and free will, go give that one a listen. That was our second episode, I think. <laughs> and then listenership just went, it Plummeted just after that, after that yeah. episode. <laughs> and I think actually, I think uh, I think my view on that's actually probably changed since we did that episode, hmm. um, which is interesting. Ooh, so, interesting. But, go, but go give it a listen. See what I said. See, I said that now as a caveat. So now if they like, oh, Drew's an idiot. Oh, but he changed, right? So. <laughs> but they don't know what I changed. So, anyways, yeah, go we'll give that one a listen. It's really good, hmm. really fun. If you do okay. that episode again with someone smart on, and then it'd be you know, mm. profitable. But anyways, mm-hmm. give that one a listen. Anyways, the whole point in saying all of that was that this ransom theory is essential to, I think, viewing the atonement. It's necessary. Oh yeah. Would you agree? Absolutely. Beautiful. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. Circle of the calendar. Perry and I agree on something. Ransom to the devil. <laughs> ransom to god oh yeah so Give a thumbs uh, up there just so everyone knows <laughs> anyways let's end it there uh don't don't stop listening don't stop listening everyone know no one listens to yeah. this but just we will know. be back next week we promise yeah we will be back we would uh <laughs> we'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast these many years it is wonderful to see our listenership mm-hmm. kind of stay the same and and not plummet dramatically over the summer so thank you for listening we yeah shout out to matthias <laughs> yeah shout out to matthias yeah <laughs> shout out to victor victor's been messaging us mm. we don't have a last name but thanks victor for your comments we do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. and everyone else feel free to email us or comment or like us mm-hmm. on facebook you know we'd love to hear from you have a conversation yeah you think about these theories absolutely I mean, it's just a joy to talk about these things with people and yeah. just get other views and who knows? Maybe one day you'll come on the Pondercast if you're if you really want to get on. We might make it happen. No promises, though. Perry gave me the, <laughs> the finger wag there, so no promises. Oh, I did not. But like us, review us wherever you listen to your podcast. We would appreciate it. And if you have any podcast thoughts on the atonement ransom theory, let us know. Anything else you want to add, Perry? Uh, if you have any ideas that you want us to, anything else you want us to talk about in regards to the atonement or any other topic ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And if not, until next week, keep pondering.